Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the undercover Matt. Hello there, David. Happy New Year. Hello. Happy New Year. It's uh, the 4th of January when we're recording this. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we've just uh, wasted our listeners' time for a good hour and a half (laughs) with last week's bonus episode. Um, and yeah, we, well, we've wasted time... their time for nearly four years, David. We're doing all right. Oh, I suppose. <laughs> oh, that's a horrifying thought, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but, look, it's new year, new podcast. Yeah. That's the plan, right? Well, what's your new year's resolution for the pod this year? Last <sighs> year, we vowed to collaborate more, and I think we did a pretty good job on that. Genuinely. Slightly shorter episodes, Matt. No, no, no. Come on, <laughs> that serious be, that... suggestions only. <laughs> just, if we can just shave ten minutes off. You don't even edit them anymore. I don't know what your problem is, boy. Someone got a lump of coal in their stocking, I'm guessing. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, chance would be a fine thing. Uh, you know what? I did get one lovely present that I will mention. Um, if if you wanted, are we doing that? Or should we talk about Christmas prezies? Yeah, should we do best and yeah. worst? Um, yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> oh no, I do have a good candidate for both. So, um, do you, should we do worst first? Get the negative bit out yeah. of the way, and we can end on a high. So I, okay. I discussed mine quite a lot last night on the live stream after the right. new episode. Um, so spoilers for that if anyone's uh, not checked that out. Yeah. Yet. So every year my mum puts together like a really nice like box of gifts and it'll have like a pair of slippers and some socks and you know like mm. nice bits and bobs in amongst it. And yeah. this year she she did the same. Yeah. And part of that box was a hot water bottle. Ah, oh, lovely. Which in itself not a bad gift. Absolutely. Okay, now it's a special hot water bottle. Um, I've got it right next to me because I was showing it on camera Uh last night. It's called a Warmies, okay? And it's about four foot long. So, yeah, it's called an extra long hot water bottle. And I was like, again, not a bad gift. That's going to warm the entirety of the bed. I'm going to use that. And then later in the day, like Christmas afternoon, you know when you just start perusing your gifts? Uh-huh. Uh, I noticed that all, all the pictures on the box are of women, not men. Uh-huh. And right. it, it's quite quite heavily marketed towards a female demographic mm-hmm. because its recommended use is to help in relieving menstrual cramps. <laughs> you know, it... You've got to read between the lines. It's got like a picture of a woman hugging it, and underneath it, it says, relieves aches and pains. <laughs> you know? Ah, well, lovely. To help, help, it just says, helps those niggles that we all have. <laughs> and Yes, indeed. You know. So, I, I'm going to use it. It's not a bad present. I just, no. I just, you know, I don't think I'm its target demographic. Mm. But you would have to, surely, to, to, to adequately fill a four-foot hot water bottle, 
you're probably talking over a kettle's worth of water. Yeah, surely. it's not full hot water bottle width. It's maybe half a oh, foot okay. by four foot. I see. I see. But yeah, definitely a kettle and more. Yeah. Um, well, I, which I suppose is fine if you've got a fast kettle. We've got a, an infuriatingly slow kettle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Right, old pain. But anyway, I, I'll, I'll tell you my worst uh, gift. Um, it's... Uh, you occasionally get the... I'm sure you have, you have elderly relatives, right, Matt? <laughs> Do you ever get gifts from them and you just think, oh dear, is this a sign? See, this, this year, the only elderly relative to get me anything was my wife's grandma. Yeah. And she hit the nail on the head. £60 Amazon voucher. Just sort it out oh. yourself, Matt. Just get away <laughs> and do it. <laughs> yeah, that, you can't you can't argue with that. But um yeah, um my my grandmother got my partner and I a uh, box of uh, crackers for cheese. Oh. With no cheese. I don't know. I think you can put put that to use. That's I ate a that, lot of I, cheese I mean, over Christmas, David. I, I'm, look, Matt, I'm not saying they won't get eaten in due course, but I feel like if you get someone crackers, yeah, you better bloody get some cheese. That's to go like with half that's a half. gift, isn't it? And and it's the shit half, <laughs> you know? Because to be honest, if she just got some got us some cheese, we could sort ourselves out for crackers, not a problem. Plenty in the cupboard, but uh, yeah, it was it, it it raised an eyebrow. I I, I have to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, what about your best present, Matt? Um, well, uh, I'll tell you another candidate for worst. Uh-huh. The gift of my mother-in-law's company. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. five days, David, five mm. days. That was a slog. Um, yeah. best gift, probably just from my wife. She knows me well, so mm-hmm. she bought me an entirely new Warhammer army and a bottle of whiskey. Oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Credit where credit's due. That's bang on the money. Yeah. So, apparently she was sick of me. Like, me, me and my friends that I play with had mm-hmm. agreed we were going to do New Year, New Army. Just totally right. commit to a new hobby project. You know, keep us engaged. Uh, and apparently, I think my wife got a bit sick of me, like, just watching hour-long YouTube videos of, like, which one I should go for, and, you know. <laughs> so I think she just literally just bought me one. and So, going yeah. for it. That was good. Fair enough. Uh, Excellent. I'm trying to think if I got anything else that was really good. Um, no. No. I think that was... Yeah. My wife really knocked it out of the park this year. Yeah, I, I I really only have the one present to mention in terms of uh, best present. Um, and if I'm being entirely honest, I did so. It was one of those ones where I like I I dropped a reasonably chunky hint at the time. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of months ago when I first uh, heard about it, and just sort of like you know, when you just like plant a seed and hope for the best. Yeah, we're gonna talk about um, that in a minute. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't. I, I honestly didn't know 
whether anything would come of it or not. But my partner um, obviously did take the hint and uh, got me a copy of The Long Game by... I'm just going to dash over and get the name of the author. Hang on. So, um, yes, it's uh, The Long Game by Paul Hayes. And the subtitle is 1996 to 2003, the inside story of how the BBC brought back Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. The glory days, 96 yeah. to 2003. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have said to people, it's, it, it, it says something. I, I, I can't think of any other TV show that you'd get an entire book, like a 400-page book, dedicated to a period in history when the show wasn't even being made. Yeah. Now, can I, can I ask something uncouth? Yes, of course. When you finish with it, can I borrow it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I think we it's could a have, cracking... We could have a chat about that at some point. Yeah, it, I mean, I will say to our listeners, if anyone's remotely interested in the... Um, behind-the-scenes aspects of Doctor Who and, you know, how the sausage is made, or in this case, how the sausage even came to be made. Um, it's really fascinating, you know. It, it, it goes into a lot of detail about uh, the problems the BBC drama department was facing during the 1990s and uh, the sort of various goings-on of people coming in and going out of various positions and tiptoeing around the idea of maybe bringing Doctor Who back, but then uh, there were, uh, you know, different parts of the BBC looking at different ways of doing that, you know, failed film uh, I, uh, projects and all sorts of stuff. So there, there is a surprising amount of stuff that kind of to, to go over in, in that period when ostensibly the show was completely dead. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm halfway through it. I'm really, really enjoying it. And I, and I, I do genuinely recommend it. It's, it's a surprisingly easy read. Um, you know, uh, it, it would be, it would be easy to make a, um, a subject like that very dry and very nerdy, but Paul Hayes is a good writer and he's done his research and he's done, conducted a lot of new interviews as well. Um, so it's been really interesting to hear from some people like drama executives that frankly aren't always the ones kind of in the limelight. It's the writers and directors and people that get the interviews, not so much the producers. Um, so yeah, really lovely book. Uh, really enjoying it. Anyway, um, what a surprise, me, me just kind of uh, dragging it back to monologuing yeah. about Doctor Who. Um, um, how, how was your Christmas dinner? I, I know that a certain segment that shan't be named is dead and gone, but let's talk Christmas dinner. Well, we do have to. I feel. I feel like let's. We can. We can broaden it to the entire festive period. We can go all the way up to um, December the thirty first. If you've got any last minute entrance for meal of the year, um, I will say my Christmas dinner was fine. It was good. It was. It was. It was all right. Um, my my partner and I uh, cobbled together a nut roast to take over to my mum's to shove in her oven, give her one less thing to worry about, um, which turned what, out all right. What, what's your mum's approach to carrots? Did she go coins or buttons? Um, it was... Uh, it depends on, on, on the circumstance. I believe it was coins on this occasion. Good. 
Good. Your mum's a good woman. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, it was it was all the usual stuff. There was, uh, yeah, carrots and uh, sprouts grown by her own fair hand. Um, she was keen to point out uh, roast potatoes, parsnips for those who are so inclined. I myself am not. Do I do not get on with the humble parsnip. Um, and yeah, plenty of gravy. So just pr pr pretty trad affair. What I will say is it definitely doesn't beat uh, curry from the Japer Spice with my dad. Yeah, well, that wasn't even your meal of the year. You went for a last minute cheese sandwich. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I did. Yes, I did at yeah. all. I forgot about that. Um, yes, no, I stand by that. And you know what? Um, it's being eclipsed one more time. Because my meal of the year was uh, the New Year's Eve buffet that I had around my mum's house. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> there were uh, various kinds of crisps. There were some Pringles and some other um, some standard potato crisps and some uh, maize-based onion rings. Mm-hmm. There was mozzarella sticks. There was little vegetarian scotch eggs. Nice. Which I was very excited about. Any hummus? Um, uh, there, there was there was no hummus, but there was salsa and sour cream dip Good. and various crudités and salady things. There was crackers. There was cheese. I'll tell you what, Matt, I'm going to use use the old chestnut. It was a veritable smorgasbord. Ah, oh, lovely. And I've said, I'm sure I've said on podcasts before, I, uh, buffet is one of my favourite meals. Yeah. Just as, as, as a meal concept. And this was a well-executed buffet in good company. I kind of, it was kind of nice because we were past the pressure of Christmas Day itself and Boxing Day and seeing all of, all of, you know, the more obligatory family stuff. This was very much bonus round territory. It was a fairly last minute decision to even meet up for New Year's Eve. Um, and yeah, we just had a jolly good knees up. It was lovely. See, did did you were you tactical when it came to Christmas dinner? I, I basically because because we were at my wife's nana's. Yeah, and. By, so Christmas would have been day two. And by then I was pretty much already ready for going home. Like, yeah. and Nana has the heat in so hot, David. Like, I, I, I just, I just couldn't do it. Yes, yeah. no, it's tough. We, it's tough. We watched a lot of Cold and Midwife. The only thing we watched on TV that I enjoyed was uh, the Bee Gees Live for one night only. And when it, it was like about 10 minutes in, her mum just came in and said she didn't like that and changed the channel. Oh, I was, oh dear. wasn't very happy. But yeah, by, by about half 10, Christmas morning, I just kept going in the kitchen and classic misdirect, just like going, I tell you what, those parsnips, they're going to be the star of the show today. They look unbelievable. I'm just trying to raise a bit of interest in these parsnips. So that everyone goes for them, and I can just eat a whole bowl of roast potatoes. <laughs> like every everyone is going to be clamouring for the pigs in blanket, and I think you've just got to take the hit on that. 
Like, if, mm-hmm. you, if you're the person that's like, I'm just going to have the most pigs in blankets, you're just going to lose out and be disappointed. Mm-hmm. So, I try to sell everyone on, like, undesirable veg. <laughs> then, let them think they've won, because they get the pigs in blanket. But, David, I ate so many roast potatoes. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, I, I, I probably had one roasty too many. Yeah. Uh, but... The thing, the thing with my mum is, there's always enough to go around. Yeah. There's literally never a situation where anyone's gonna be fighting over the last of anything. And I tell you, I tell you, the most high pressure situation this Christmas. Um, yeah. I mean, I mentioned on pod last year, my wife's granddad, who was basically my father-in-law, passed away. Yeah. So it was yeah. up to me to carve the Christmas meat, and. Like what an honour! Well, yeah, but I, I thought, oh, I'm doing all right here. Not perfect, but you know, I'm getting it. It's coming together. You know, we had lamb instead of turkey, so a nice bit mm-hmm. of lamb. And my wife's nana was just like, oh, don't be too disheartened, Matt. Like lamb's difficult to carve. I was like, I'm trying my hardest here. Just, <laughs> but yeah. What about pud? You go Christmas pud? Yeah. Of course, I go Christmas, yeah. but I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest, Matt. I probably slightly underdid it on my mains, so I'd have room for a little double dip on the Christmas pud. Ah, uh, see, I took a break. I went big on main, and then had like early afternoon snack of Christmas pud, and then mm. we had late buffet for tea. But I, I mentioned this last night. My favourite thing about Christmas is in our house. I don't know if you have the same trifle just becomes a condiment. So like, <laughs> so it was just like, oh yeah, can I have a bit of Christmas pudding? But, you know, just do me a bit of trifle on the top, please. <laughs> As if it was like tomato ketchup. Just like, what do you want on your trifle? Cream? Nah, just do me some, just do me trifle on top of my Christmas pudding, please. It's got, it's, it's got uh, custard, it's got cream, and it's, yeah, yeah, you know, I, a bit of jelly, is. a bit of bonus cake. It's, it's a legitimate, uh, it's, it's a legitimate, strategy for sure like, um, who, who's to going honest, to the dessert table and prioritizing trifle get it on the side of a big cake well you see i was going to say my my partner's family there you want to go to one of their gatherings if you want uh a, a trifle that will knock your socks off really um her her nana is like the queen of trifle and I, I I probably feel this even more strongly than 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 my partner's family, purely because uh, my my family historically don't don't do trifle well. Mm-hmm. It just um, I, I won't go into details, but there's uh, my, there, my, there was my an incident. Was... You lost your uncle Lou in a horrible trifle based <laughs> accident. Not that, just because I don't. I feel like I bash my mum too much, and I don't want to go down the route of forever bashing my mum. But to, suffice it to say, her approach to trifle during my my childhood was woeful. Really, Re- uh, uh, it, yeah. Basically, what she called trifle was uh, a couple of trifle sponge fingers in the bottom of a bowl, um, uh, half a tin of fruit. And uh, some angel delight on top. See, every time you you reveal a little bit about your childhood, I feel I understand why you are the way you are. <laughs> a little, little bit more every week. 
<laughs> but is that not one of the most tragic things you've ever heard? Yeah, yeah. That that's like, uh, for example, my mum's a really good cook, and my dad, yeah, uh, he he's better than he used to be. But he'd be yeah. like, "Oh, we're having pizza for tea," and it'd literally be like a slice of white bread, some tomato sauce, and then cheese on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my mum was just like, just wildly inconsistent. Mm. She can be an amazing cook, but she's also she's got these old cookbooks from like the the sixties and seventies, and there are like tips in there that she's read once, absorbed, and sworn by for the rest of her life, regardless of the fact that the results are just demonstrably unpleasant. Wow! <laughs> like 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 her insistence on making scrambled egg in a microwave and and whacking a load of tarragon in it. Nobody wants that from scrambled eggs. No, no. It's just, it's an upsetting thing to be presented with first thing in the morning. Especially, like, scrambled Um, eggs. That's like a treat breakfast. Yeah, it should be. But I dreaded it as a child. Nobody should be dreading scrambled eggs. Nobody. But anyway, like I say, I don't want to bash my mum. I love her dearly. She's she's a wonderful human being. Um, But, yeah, her, her, her trifle... You can barely call. You can't call that trifle. Uh, whereas my partner's nana, it's like it's the most well-executed classic trifle you've ever seen. It is, nice. you know, and and any any sort of family. She, you know, my partner's got a big family anyway, and when they all get together, there is always this enormous, beautifully presented trifle in the center of the buffet table, and it's, uh, you know, it 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 is a bit of a scramble to to get in on it nice nice um, um, but anyway yes, yeah do, probably enough you, trifle talk do you want to say a few words as we lay our old friend meal of the week to rest um it was fun for a while but you outstayed you welcome didn't you yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't even asked you before we recorded have, have we got yeah. anything new to do today or are we just killing off the old this week just yeah, just putting it all to bed. I think um, I I just want to talk about Spyfall Part One. That's cool. what I'm here for, Matt. Cool. Well, before we do, just whilst yep. we're laying old business to rest, um, I just wanted to give one final total from the Wheelie Big Quiz. Oh yes, please do. Yeah. So, David, we raised in donations six hundred and forty-seven pounds. 48 pence with gift aid of 66 pounds 74 pence um i'm not that great on maths but it's about 715 pounds that's incredible that is that is genuinely that is not a bad innings is it it's so far above anything I, i i would have expected um so one of the final time uh for 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 this season of Weenie Big Quiz, I want to say from the absolute bottom of my heart, thank you so much to everyone who's donated, who's retweeted our tweets about it, who's supported the whole endeavour in any way. Um, Thank you so much. Um, And, yeah, you've made a difference. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I always say it's the only thing our pod does that's any good. Mm. So... I think I think the final thing I wanted to say is uh, just 
just get saving. Just put a pound a week away because <laughs> we're coming back this year bigger and better than ever. We're going to get that thousand pounds this year. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we, let's, hopefully we can smash it. Uh, uh, the other thing we should mention is um, our plan for the, for the incredibly generous people who donated um, at a level uh, which gave them the opportunity to uh, choose a bonus episode for Matt and I to record. Our plan is to do one bonus episode, uh, one listener pick episode per month. And uh, those will just be sort of popping onto the feed uh, it, they won't be replacing any of our normal weekly episodes. They will just be a lovely little extra. And uh, as I say, we're, we're aiming to do one a month. We'll, we'll see how we get on with that plan. But, see, uh, I think before, sorry, since we recorded last, we had one yeah. more suggestion, sorry, two more suggestions for a bonus episodes. Did uh, we? Right. Yeah, so we got I'll one from my, my Martin McLean, then. Hall of Famer, Marie. Yeah. who suggested that we play some kind of D&D role-playing game. Now, we play that anyway together, although I haven't been for Yes, months. we do. Uh, so I thought maybe we could put together, maybe with some of our podcast friends, maybe play one of the Doctor Who role-playing games. Yeah, we could do. Um, there's, there was a, a, a system, there was a classic one, I think, that came out in the 80s, and there's been a, an, another system that came out about 10 years ago at this point and is, um, I think, had a second edition a couple of years ago. So that that that's probably the, the more accessible one of the two. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out. Something like if, that. if it's stupidly expensive, we might yeah. just play some of the Doctor Who board games. I might, you know what? I might have some PDFs from a humble bundle or something somewhere. Oh. I'll have to have a poke around. And then the last bonus episode uh, actually comes from me, David. Ooh! Because I was so mad that I had to drink beans and you didn't do anything. So I was trying mm. to think of a food-based punishment that's as bad as drinking beans, and it yeah. actually came to me the other night when I was making a lasagna. <laughs> it wasn't in a dream then, which is what I thought no, you were going to say no. for a second. Yeah, yeah. I, in my dream, there was a, a bright star in the north sky, and it turned out it was a giant ball of mozzarella. Because uh, <laughs> what you're going to do, David, is drink that horrible briny water that comes in the little bag of mozzarella. Oh God! Did, have I told my story about that on? on yes, this you have. Before? It's time to yes. relive your. You know, your <laughs> absolute trauma by drinking filthy mozzarella milk oh. salt water. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We can maybe intersperse that with um, with something else. But, I haven't uh, really donated £25. I was just so uh, mad that I had to eat those <laughs> beans. Do you know what, as well? Because I bought one of those big fridge packs of beans. Yep. Drank it when we recorded. Went yeah. to my wife's nana's for five days. Came back, opened it. They were just all furry and rank and rotten. Oh, Even though they'd been in the fridge. So, yeah. they got Beans don't out. keep. So, I mean, Beans don't keep. No. Yeah. No, that's the old saying, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. We're, we're always saying that, aren't we, us Brits? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. anyway. 
trying to think I what think else I've time. got written down. I did have, are we going to do any listener tweets? Did we get any good ones? Uh, no more so than usual. <laughs> <laughs> it's your call. You're the, you're the one who has to go to all the I effort of reading I, it I, I just put a call out for tweets just to be smug. Because uh, <laughs> it was just like, you know, I'm like the Pied Piper. I put a call out for tweets. People send them. I mean, we're not reading Matt, them. Matt, at the end of the day, we made a clear statement at the end of last year. All the regular features were going in the bin. Yeah. So I think we got to stick by it, at least for one week. Yeah. And if there's what? a massive outcry... I'm, I'm gonna, I'll see if I can find it on Twitter. But some bloody clown sent us a message going... Well, I, for one, am glad television highlight of the week is gone because I don't need to hear you recommending them whatever the latest Marvel program is every week. Shut up. <laughs> oh, come on. There's also um, my excellent uh, preschool cartoon recommendations. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't think we've ever clarified the complaints yeah. procedure for our podcast. Like, <laughs> no, we haven't, actually. Like... If if you're ever unhappy or dissatisfied with anything covered, just stop listening. There's no obligation. <laughs> you have not paid for this, okay? David does not put some sort of hex on you. If you don't like it, imagine, like, every Saturday, just like, oh, I've got to listen to that. Oh, I hate it. Just, just don't listen. <laughs> To be fair, to be fair, I don't. I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. You do sometimes go through phases where things that you initially consider to be sort of like charming quirks of a particular podcast, after a certain while, they just wear thin, and yeah. it gets to the point that you have to quit. And but that's quite a hard thing because it's like quitting a friendship. So I do get that. But, um, yeah, by the same token, if you don't like what we're I mean, all podcast things have got, like, a skip forward button now yeah. as well. Just mash that forward 30 seconds button for a good for a good 10 minutes straight, and you'll eventually get to the uh, episode review. Um, but anyway, um, let's, uh, we're taking a very combative stance, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Like, get over it. I don't yeah. want anyone tweeting me this week like, well, I tuned in for Meal of the Week and I was grossly disappointed. You've had your warning. It's gone. Right? Yeah, we've, we've officially... We've, uh, oh, you know what? One last thing, Matt. I do need to check. Did your Christmas dinner eclipse your previous Meal of the Year? David, I I'm going to have to tell you next year if Meal of the Week comes back. It's gone. It's dead. Right. Oh, okay. Just, All right. We, that ship has sailed. We'll never know for yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Just, it's done. All right then. Right. I, I've, um, I've watched okay. plenty of Christmas television, David. I would love to talk to you about the new Spider-Man film, but do you know what? It's done. It's finished. Yeah. Wash your hands of it. Okay. Okay. We, we've got lots of tweets from listeners, David, but do you know what? It's done. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, Matt, tell me about Spyfall, part one. It was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but was it, it, though? Was it actually good? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is good. Yeah, I've I've watched it, I, I think, four times at this point. I think, yeah, yeah last night was my fourth time. 
Uh, I think it is really good. I think... Right. I, 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 I need to be honest, right? Going in, yeah. I knew who the latest incarnation of the Master was. Yeah, right. I, I had a feeling you might be spoiled on that. Okay. Because, you know, there's a lot of promotional stuff out there and yeah, it's it, hard to avoid. Right. So I knew that was coming, but I didn't think it was just going to end the episode with him going, by the way, I'm the master. Like, yeah. Was that a good reveal? I think it was. I think it was. Um, it did kind of blindside me the first time I saw it, and that made it very hard for me to judge the rest of the episode after a first watch because I was just like, it left me with my ears ringing and not really sure what you know what was up and what was down. Um, and also, it was there was a slight tang of disappointment to it for reasons that we will get into when we get to that part of the review. I think. Um, and also, once I'd watched it, yeah, um, I had a bath, and I was listening to Married to Her in the bath. Yes. Like, usually when I watch an episode, I like to listen to their take on it. And yeah. they raised a good point that okay. at the end, like, the master goes, oh, I'm not very good at sprinting. And the doctor goes, wait, you're you're a champion sprinter. It's not mentioned in the episode, is it? Like, no, it isn't. Like the doctor never at the beginning goes, oh, yeah, I've worked with him. Good sprinter, don't you know? It just like at the end, he just goes, oh, I can't run. And she goes, but you're good at running. And then he goes, oh, yeah, I'm the master. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I I, I, I I, don't mind that. We'll talk about all of that more in due course. We've got some other stuff to get to. Um, though I will quickly, I, I will just check in with you now, Matt. Um Sasha Dewan is is he more handsome than Anthony Ainley, or is Anthony Ainley still <laughs> your dishiest master? Yeah, don't be don't be stupid. Don't be stupid, David. Right? Because <laughs> he, he's he's a good looking chap. He, he's alright, I'm not doubting that. But Anthony Ainley, he's the one. Alright. We then. we've got to watch more of him. I feel like uh, the fandom needed needed clarification. Uh, do you know on what? That. I, just to go off on a big tangent, right? Yeah, go on. Last night, so did the live show where we were discussing yeah. Eva the Daleks, is it called? Yes. And I don't know how we got onto this topic. This was once the recording had finished and we were just chatting. Yeah. I think, I think the five podcasts, so us, Cloyster Bell, Who Can Convince You, My Adventures in Time and Space, and the Adventures in Space and Time podcast. I yes. think we committed to trying to break the Guinness World Record for the longest podcast ever. Really? Yeah. And last <laughs> okay. night we were all convinced it was a really good idea and, like, drew up plans, right? It's 36 hours. That's the current record? Yeah. So we were like, look, okay. there's five podcasts... If we do seven hours each, we'll split it up. You do two shifts, three and a half hours. Easy. And, like, we, like, really thrashed out a plan. And, <laughs> and then my last words last night were, look, we need to talk about this tomorrow because it seems like a good idea at half past 12 at night. Will it be a good idea at half past 10 tomorrow morning? <laughs> and basically today everyone was like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> 
But the thing is, I think you're being sneaky here, Matt, because you're now you're mentioning it on air. This will go out to all of our listeners who will many of whom are subscribers to those other podcasts as well. And are presumably going to start badgering all of those hosts and saying, oh, well, you do need to do it. We we finished recording probably about quarter to one last night. Like, because we had a little mm-hmm. chat afterwards. And no word of a lie, I remember looking at my clock in my bedroom and it was half three in the morning because I was running through ideas of what I could do for three and a half hours. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll just watch the McGann film. That, that's like hour and a half taken care of. And then probably watch this i could read some of this and like last night it was the best idea i'd ever had and today i was just like no probably not no yeah i mean i guess the main thing is you could you could record it in stages and edit it together no 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 the the record was one guy did 36 consecutive hours so we thought if we if we could do it as a team it becomes a lot easier Because I, I, I was even like, look, if we do it in the school holidays, I'll do the night shift. I'll do the midnight till six in the morning. I don't mind doing that. Can you, can you, can, can you hear my enthusiasm for this concept? <laughs> yeah. But like I said last night, all totally convinced it was a great idea. Oh, dear. Yeah. You, 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 that was some, yeah, that's some late night head wonkage there, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, are, anyway. are we giving Spyfall so, Part 1? Are we giving it good episode, Spyfall bad part episode? One. What, I, what I genuinely here? think good episode. Like I say, it's hard to judge because because of that twist at the end, that big reveal, it kind of sweeps a lot of what's gone on prior a bit under the carpet. It, become, it kind of eclipses it. But I do genuinely think, having watched it a few times since, Everything leading up to that is just a solidly entertaining episode in its own right. I feel I, like I'm gonna say I'm gonna say good episode, some bad bits, but yeah. I'll caveat that and say it's better than everything in series eleven. Yeah, it it feels so much more energetic, doesn't it? Yeah, if you compare this as an opener to Woman Who Fell to Earth, and that was introducing a new Doctor. But most of yeah. it was just on a builder's yard in the dark. Yeah, yeah. No, but and this we we you know we're jetting all over the the world. You know, it's it we're doing a bit of a James Bond pastiche, but not in a way that's like really cheesy and over the top. It's more just like a sort of an a, an affectionate nod. Um, it has genuinely, I think, some of the best action set pieces I've ever seen in Doctor Who. Which, you know, might sound like damning with faint praise, but uh, genuinely, for a show that I think generally doesn't really do proper Hollywood-type action at all well when it tries it, I think this episode more or less manages it. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really solid. It's really solid. Cool. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Well, this episode, written by Chris Chibnall. Yep. Directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. We've seen him before, haven't we? I think, I'm sure he did Summer Series 11. He's a name that will become familiar. He's one of the go-tos of this era. Right. 
And it's from the 1st of January 2020. We're so close, David. We are. We We're are. like a year pretty much away. Mm-hmm. It annoys me that we're not within a year. Three days <laughs> well, out. Give it, a, give it a few months, give it two or three months and we'll be there, Matt, because, you know, we've only got two series left to tick off at yeah. this point. And then we're free. Uh, what are you going to yeah, do I with your Saturday for... mornings when you don't have to watch Doctor Who? <laughs> I mean, I, don't I'll you do. Don't dare say watch Torchwood. <laughs> I mean, that is the plan, Matt. Yeah. That is the plan. Have you, uh, Jenny, I haven't checked with you for a while. How do you feel about doing all of Torchwood? We've talked about it, I mean, but not for a while. I don't know. Change is as good as the rest. It's probably like Doctor Who. Some bits are good, some bits are bad. Yeah. Just whatever. I mean, I prefer it if we were doing, I'm... like, Nightmare or Robot Wars, but yeah. we'll do Torchwood. I think so. I think so. We anyway, could, we could do like old episodes um, of the Crystal Maze. Uh, could yeah. do Games Master, but now we'll do Torchwood. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, David, we open in the Ivory Coast. We do. Uh, there's a sniper, and then just some sort of being comes out of the wall to get her. Yeah. I'll warn you, through my notes, I've just referred to them as the beings, because I didn't know what they were. Yeah. Do, I, do, I don't think we get a name drop in this episode, do we? No. For them. I, I was about to tell you what they're called, but um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my tongue. If you'd um, have said Cybermen, I'd have just gone, all right, okay. I think that's what they well, are. It's exactly like thingy of, what is it, Army of Ghosts. Army of Ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I can see the parallels. Yeah. Though I will say, you know, no, actually, I'll, I'll mention it later. I'll mention it later. Um, but anyway, yeah. Right. Weird sort of like gl- glowy thing. Then there's a plane over the Pacific Ocean. A lady mm-hmm. takes her wash bag into the toilet. There's some sort of spy code. The lights flicker and another being gets her. Yep. We then have Moscow, where a man runs to a safe house, waits for extraction, and a being gets him. Mm-hmm. It's good uh, already. I feel like this is very, so- this is a very solid Doctor Who cold open. You know, we're just, uh, you know, bodies <laughs> dropping left, right, and centre. Yeah. Some weird creature, and, uh, and and but but what I particularly like is the sort of global aspect here. I feel already that's quite a big bold statement. It's not like. Oh, people are being bumped off in one small village on the outskirts of Sheffield. Yeah, it's we, you know, we we're going big with this. Yeah. So after the titles, we are back in Sheffield. Ryan's yes. playing basketball. Yeah. And he misses his shot. Yeah. Probably because he's wearing a big, thick leather jacket whilst he's doing it. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look, look uh, conducive to sports, does it? No. And he's told everyone he's been really ill. He had a hernia. Mm-hmm. And then he had yeah. a bad back and, you know, detached a retina. Detached retina, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay because now he's going travelling. Mm-hmm. Why Why doesn't the doctor just drop him off, like, seconds after they left and then, like, no one knows? 
And admittedly, it'll be aging, but... I, I think it's... it's We've established, I think, this Doctor... Either the TARDIS is being a bit less reliable than it used has been in under the Moffat era, or the Doctor's just gotten worse at piloting it. Um, because I don't know if you recall, there's some dialogue at the start of Rosa where they'd already had, like, multiple attempts just to get back to Sheffield. It's not until after the events of Arachnids in the UK they even decide they're actually going to travel with the Doctor. Mm. Up until that point, it's it's like... And again, that's very much an echo of early Doctor Who, uh, like Hartnell era stuff where Ian and Barbara, they just wanted to get back to mid-60s London. That's all they wanted. Um, so my, that that's my headcanon for that. It's just like she drops them off, says, here you go, back where we, you know, when we last left. And they get there and it's like, oh, where have you been? Not seeing you for six weeks. Yeah. And so they have to come up with some, some kind of excuse. And then, whilst they're having this chat, David, the men in black appear. Yeah. It's slightly worrying. Yeah. Uh, then we see Yaz with her family. Uh, it turns out she's on secondment. And yeah. her dad can't use Alexa. Yeah, I I love that as a little background gag. To be honest, yeah. it just feels like one of those. Uh, I I love moments like that where you feel where where it's a character you don't maybe don't get to see a lot of, but what little you do see tells you an, an enormous you amount. Need to know. Yeah, yeah, the fact that he's specifically asking Alexa to play Rubber Soul as well, <laughs> like that's just like that is just pitch perfect. I feel like, yeah. And Yaz's sister has uh, got a little bit of a crush for old Ryan. Yep. And Yaz's boss just, you know, is a bit worried that she keeps disappearing, going on secondment every two minutes. Yep. And then the men in black appear. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Graham is at the doctor's. Yep. He gets the all clear. Things are going all right. And then the men in black appear. Yes, you're starting to see a pattern emerge. Yeah. At this point. The doctor's mending the TARDIS in a garage, which tries, yeah. tries to call which, the fam. Can I say, I love that. For for one, I love I love gadgety doctor in general. Any incarnation, love it when the doctor gets gadgety. So specifically, this doctor, I love it when she's got the goggles. Yeah. Like, it's a, I almost it's wish. It's a pretty strong look isn't it yeah i almost wish it was a regular part of her costume um but yeah and it's not often you'd occasionally see it in other eras as well but i I just obviously most notably in the pertwee era where when the tardis just wasn't functioning and the doctor was trying all kinds of things to get it working again but it's quite i quite like when we just get the reminders that it is on some level a machine yeah yeah uh, so yeah, she calls the fam. That hasn't gone anywhere, has it? No. And no. I'm really sorry, Matt. You've you've got a lot more of that to look forward to still. It's all right. Two or three months will be done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then the men in black appear. Yeah. So they're being taken somewhere, and they start discussing a plan in the car until the sat nav kills the driver. Oh, 
And then... Will you get will you get in Sontar and Stratagem flashbacks? Yeah. Yeah. We've been here before, haven't we? We have. Uh, Though I do think it's rather more dramatic in, in, in this instance with that, like, huge, powerful energy beam that just comes blasting out. Yeah. Um, feels See, slightly higher stakes, doesn't it? Yeah, especially when it says in five seconds everyone's going to die. Yeah. So the Doctor gets the rearview mirror and reflects the blast back at the sat-nav. Yeah. And then Stephen Fry can, can just gives just... him a little call. Before we get get on to Stephen Fry, um, I just want to specifically shout out Jamie Magnifstone's direction of that whole crazy little car chase scene. It's not it's not long, you know. Doctor Who doesn't have the time or the budget to to do like a t insane ten minute Hollywood car chase, but we get a little bit of it here, and it it genuinely I think it's some of the most, you know, traditional, high adrenaline action I've ever seen in an episode of Doctor Who. Um, I think it's very nicely executed. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely anyway. a step in the right direction. Yeah, but but anyway, then, then as you say, we get a little bit of Stephen Fry yeah, of the voiceover. So, so he is C from MI6. Yeah. yeah. And that's where they go. And I did like this bit where he thinks Graham is the Doctor. Because he yes. doesn't know about the change in gender. Yep. Uh, nobody in terms of world governments ordered the kills around the world mm -hmm. and they need the doctor's help to solve what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I didn't really understand this bit. They see the lady from the plane. Yes. Who's having a DNA rewritten. Yeah. And she's now well, just it... some sort of shell. Like, what's that about? Yeah. So, so basically, as, as it sounds, it's like the thing that got her somehow sort of rewrote her DNA. So whilst physically she appears human, there is there is no actual human DNA in there. She's, as you know, as the doctor says, she's sort of like a husk at that point. I think that's a really cool sci-fi concept. It's proper creepy. I just didn't really get it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's Doctor Who. It, there, there's been yeah. dumber stuff in Doctor Who, for sure. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. So they're all investigating Daniel Burton, former agent yeah. who made a search engine. And is played by Lenny Henry. He is. Who, I'll be honest, I, I, don't, I don't know what his performance is trying to do in this episode. I would say it's it's surprisingly one of the weak aspects of this episode. Yeah, I don't know if you agree with that or not. The thing is, it's obviously the misdirect that you're supposed to assume he's the big evil bad guy, and he almost certainly will be when we get to it. But Lenny Henry is just so nice; I almost didn't buy him as a bad guy. Yeah, he, and he's just sort of yeah. It, 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 it's not. I feel like it's not quite big enough a performance. Yeah, if you think, like, whenever we've had multi-billionaires like Henry von Staten, yeah. who, thanks to him, we have the internet, so you can have four search engines. Yeah, exactly. Plus... Don't forget that, Daniel Barton, you're standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, and I'm not happy, because I imagine Vaughn 
has taken business away from Searchwise.net or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they bought them out uh, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. I'm not saying Lenny Henry needed to go full Van Staten, but a, a little... Uh, a little nibble on the scenery wouldn't have gone amiss, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So, they mention Unit and Torchwood. But, yeah. much like Meal of the Week and Television Highlight of the Week, they're dead and gone. Get over it. Gone. Move on. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, the Doctor wants to talk to the Horizon Watcher. Uh-huh. So, this is like some sort of former agent that the Doctor's had dealings with, mm-hmm. it would say. Mm-hmm. Yep. And whilst discussing this, C is sniped through the window, the weird beings appear, and the farm runs to the TARDIS. Now, were you surprised that, that Stephen Fry was bumped off so early? Yeah, especially, you know, 7pm Saturday night, seeing a man getting mm-hmm. shot through the head. It's pretty yeah. grim. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I I could only assume that was part of the motivation. Was um, let's get a really big name actor in, and and like everyone will assume that they're going to be central to the the story, and then they're just dead 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 two scenes later, and it's it's a big shock. Um, I I can't help but feel there's also an element of like they were never going to get Stephen Fry unless he could shoot it in a day. Yeah. You know, be done with it. Yeah, because I feel he could have played the part of uh, Barton, but he probably just yeah. thought, this is a bit much, I'll just do the smaller part, please. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, possibly. You know, he 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 uh, nearly wrote an episode for the RTD era. Yeah, I'm certain we discussed it in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I um, as far as I know, it was a case that there were drafts done, but there was no way to get it within a, a, a realistic budget uh, for what right. they had at the time. So they had to, to ditch it for something cheaper. Um, I would still love to, uh, presumably there are copies of it floating around somewhere. I, I, one hopes that one day they maybe will see the light of day, but who knows? Yeah. So the horizon watcher texts the doctor picture of a fish. And at this moment, the weird beings that are like odd ghosts of light start to enter yep. the TARDIS. Yeah. Which the Doctor that's didn't a... know was possible. Yeah. And that's the thing. And we, as an audience, we've been told that since, uh, since you know, uh, 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 certainly within the new series, you could go all the way back to Rose when uh, the Doctor says, you know, the assembled hordes of Genghis Khan couldn't get through the, those doors, we've always been told the TARDIS is a safe space. Mm. And so I think it, I find it's genuinely an electrifying, disquieting moment when that, that being starts to just casually seep through into the TARDIS because it just it's just like... It feels wrong. Yeah, that's it. Like yeah. it, sh- it goes against. Well, we'll come to that, isn't it? Everything you know is a lie, because it does <laughs> go against everything you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Right. So, the fish picture contains a code which takes them to the Victorian outback. Uh, 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 would, would, oh, as in Victoria in Australia, sorry. Yeah, the, was the state like, of Victoria. Victorian era. I, I, I was just thinking, like, no, I'm pretty sure it's present day, Matt. But <laughs> no, that's just, yes. that's just. Listeners, I've got a cold. My brain is not at a hundred percent right now. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful Victoria. I'd love to go back there. <laughs> so Yaz and Ryan are going to go undercover at Vord to spy on Barton. Yeah. They go to San Francisco. They pretend to be journalists. Ryan does a joke that goes on too long where he thinks he's Logan Jackman. Yeah. Didn't really land It doesn't me. quite land, does it? It doesn't quite no. land, no. But the Doctor and Graham go to Australia to meet O, who is the Horizon yeah. Watcher. Now, just as, as, a, as a note, this is, again, I feel like Chibnall is learning his lessons. You've got four people in the TARDIS team. Split them up for a bit. Give them different missions so everyone's got something to do. Yeah. You well, know. David, it's a special day because Yaz actually has done something. Oh, hasn't she in sure has. It's only taken her 13 episodes, but she's done something. Well done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So O has a full record of the impossible. Graham mm-hmm. finds a giant supercomputer. Um, it's a bit like the one from Sarah Jane Adventures. So, can I just check in with you? Did you, like, the second you saw Sasha Dewan, you were like, oh, here we go. Like, yeah. you recognised him. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I was looking for clues. And there there aren't any. I mean, there's the bit where yeah. he goes onto the TARDIS and he's like, oh, wow, finally. Or something like that. But yeah. other than that, it is literally at the end. Where, like, uh... that that what I will say is, if you watch it, knowing what's coming, there are just it it is genuinely at the level of like just little glints in his eyes and and things like that, very small little moments, just in his facial expression. There's certainly nothing in the dialogue, really, to make you suspicious. Um. But it really is just like there's this slight undercurrent of like you can tell he's sort of having fun, hmm. like playing this role, and it, it, it is. It's like it, it's a completely different personality, um, you know, playing this sort of slightly nervous um, geek kind of character. Um, no, I, I, I think it's it, it, it's it's really enjoyable on a rewatch for that reason, um, and also I mean, we should also mention as well, Sasha Dewan. Did you did you twig as well that obviously we'd seen him last in um, an adventure in space and time? Yeah, yeah, and he was really Wallace good in insane. that. He's fantastic in that, and uh, I mean, I won't tell you how I feel about his master overall. We'll we can have those discussions. In uh, times to come, but uh, certainly I think playing O, or should we say playing the master playing O, in this episode, I think he's I think he's pretty bang on. Yeah. So, 
Uh, Yaz and Ryan interview Burton. Barton, sorry. And he invites them to his birthday party. Uh, Ryan duplicates his ID badge and Yaz scans him and discovers he's only 93% human. What do you think the other 7% is? Well, that would be telling, wouldn't it? I'm going to say bread. He had a big dinner. (laughs) And, like, he's just full of bread. Uh, I'm sure there have been days when I've been 7% bread. Yeah. 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 There's times over Christmas where I was more cheese than man. (laughs) (laughs) When I was just like, I'm just going to go get a snack out the fridge. And I'd just get a full potted Stilton. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The motion sensor at O's house triggers. And the sonic screwdriver detects nothing. Just like when they invaded the TARDIS. Uh, O's security team see these weird light beings. And it just looks like they've got big pirate hats on. Yeah, it's... If they, it's, if we get a, to see what they look like and they're not wearing big fancy dress cowboy hats or something, <laughs> I'll be annoyed. It's a really intriguing design, though. And you know what I love? I, 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 I found out later, This it's not all CGI. It's tweaked with a bit of CGI, but there were actual people wearing costumes with bright white LEDs. Oh, wow. Covering them. And that's how they achieved that effect. Um, and it, I think it is a... a uh, I think it's a great addition to, uh, you know, Doctor Who monster design because it's creepy as anything, but in a, in a way that's appropriate for a family audience, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not horrific or gory in any way. It's just super unsettling. They're not quite ghosts. They're not quite monsters. They're not they're quite. They just seem to. They just feel completely other. Yeah, that's it. Because they don't yeah. even have like faces or anything. No. So. Yeah. So I think I think it's a great bit of design. I'm pretty sure. Certainly, in more recent series, it's been Ray Holman is the is the designer. I think. I think he's the costume designer for all through the Whitaker era, so um, I'm going to hopefully be shouting out the right person there with, with that name. But yeah. Right. Um, so, O hits them with an EMP, and it seems to wipe out most of them, except one survives. Mm. So, gladly, they get to trap that last one in a glass box, and the Doctor tries talking to it, and we learn they're from far beyond. Beyond mm-hmm. your comprehension. It's a bit sassy, this old light monster, isn't it? It is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Bit big Good. for its boots. I think you'd be sassy too, though, if you were ready to claim the universe. Yes. Yeah, I suppose. So, so yeah, strong strong implication here that they, yeah, that they exist... Outside of our universe. Yeah, bad times. So, uh, Yaz and Ryan are snooping around Barton's office, and he returns and says, I know you're here, show yourself. So I was like, oh no, they're in trouble. 
but it turned out he was also talking to these light beings. So he mm-hmm. seems to be in league with them. Yeah. Okay. So there was a bit of tension where Yaz was trying to download the contents of his computer um, and the yeah. timer's getting closer, you know? And, and this is this is what I mean where I feel like it's... This is proper James Bondy stuff. Mm. But in a way that doesn't feel forced and doesn't feel like... Okay, for for, by, for sake of comparison, it's not like how the unicorn and the wasp approach to Agatha Christie as an inspiration, mm. if that makes sense. This feels it's not a past, it's not a parody. It's um, just a sort of Doctor Who is just sort of like uh, just cherry picking some of the tropes of that style of storytelling and just, you know, trying them on for a week. So once Yaz has successfully downloaded the computer, one of the weird light beings appears and zaps her. The end. Yaz is dead. Yeah. Well, at least she got to do something before she died. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Except she's in some sort of big forest. Yeah. And Ryan starts seeing these light beings everywhere. They're in every window of every home. Mm. The one place they're not is in O's trap anymore, because Yaz replaces that one. Handy. Yep. So she's in Australia now, and so's Ryan, because they just get in the TARDIS and go get him. Yeah. And they have a little chat, Ryan and Yaz, the next day, where... Ryan says he's going to protect her, but she, you know, is a bit vulnerable, which was quite good because we always see her as being, you know, really strong and, you know. Well, I, I, I again, I get credit where credit's due. I think Mandit Gill is is plays that scene really well. Like, I, I, she's really believably shaken up by that, um, as you would be, you know. Even even after all of the travels and the weird stuff that she's seen by this point, that's a whole other ne- level. And of course, with with the added thing, of, um, she doesn't have the safety net of the Doctor. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I like it. I, it it feels like that there is an effort here to actually give give Yaz a bit of depth. So, Graham and O are having a conversation at the same time, this time about the Doctor, until the Doctor interrupts them. And it turns out O maybe knows more about the Doctor than he's letting on at this point. Yeah. Uh, So then they all go outside and have a massive exposition meeting where they just explain (laughs) everything that's going on. Yeah, useful. And the Doctor finds an alien's code within all the files they've taken from Barton's computer. And mm-hmm. they can't decode it. For about ten seconds, then they just decode it straight away. Uh, it's <laughs> coordinates, because these horrible light creatures are all over Earth. They're mm-hmm. alien spies. Yeah. And they seem to have multiple Earths, so who knows what's going on at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they go in the TARDIS and they're going to go to Barton's party to learn more. Yeah. They all get spy tuxedos. 
Yeah. I was going to say, they go to Bath's party to learn more and also because they're doing James Bond this week and you have to have a casino scene, but there was no real way to make it a casino scene. So they just said, oh, he's having a birthday party and it's casino themed. Yeah. yeah. Uh... <laughs> but I'm not begrudging it because the, the Doctor's tuxedo variation yeah. of her costume is fantastic. I, I think love Yaz's is... as well. The Doctor and Yaz. Yeah. Like, their suits, top draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But specifically with, with, with the Doctor's one, I love that it's, like, the cut of it is exactly the same as her normal Yeah, clothes. it's just like, a normal clothes, same but painted coat. black. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Right. So, Barton knows they hacked his computer because he's got security cameras everywhere. And mm. when they eventually approach him, the Doctor just asks him questions. And I, I quite like this bit, because there's a bit where he's like, going, are you right in the head? What are you talking about? And, like, yeah. Im- imagine if he wasn't the bad guy. Imagine if they got yeah. it all wrong, and she's just like, I know you're in league with it. If, if someone came up to you in the street and said, oh, I know you're in league with an alien race. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, you'd probably love that. That'd be like a holiday for you. But, like, <laughs> you know. Now, I would be concerned for their mental health. Yeah. I would, for sure. Um, and you, you almost feel like he's he's on the verge of being of being of, of bluffing his way into seeming like he genuinely doesn't know what she's on about. But just towards the end, he he just is ever so slightly starting to lose his temper, and that kind of gives the game away. Yeah, and he he commits the guiltiest act of all. Running away, yeah. getting in a car, driving to an airport, and trying to flee the country. Exactly. <laughs> um, there is there is a pretty good bit where they're on the way to the airport because they all follow him on motorbikes, and yeah, they're trying to do an action scene, but yeah, it, it's it's the sort of action scene you'd get in like the Mitchell and Webb look if they were parodying James Bond. Yes, this one is. I'd say the motorbike chase is, is less effective than the uh, the the sat nav. Right. See, you've got Lenny Henry episode. hanging out a car, shooting. Clearly, he wasn't shooting at people actually on set on the motorbikes, yeah. so he's just firing a gun in all directions. But you know what? You've just got to admire the chutzpah of this. Mm. They are trying. They're really. Like, my main feeling when I when I watched this episode coming off the back of series eleven was just like, wow, they've you call it a course correct or whatever if you like, but it feels like they really are trying to do more this time. Yeah. Um, and that's to be applauded, I think. Yeah. So yeah, they get to the airport. And board his plane as it's taking off. And this is where everything sort of comes to a head. Because they're yes. running to jump onto the moving plane. This is where, we've already mentioned, O says he's no good at sprinting. But the doctor yeah. had read his file. He was a champion sprinter. Yeah. Okay. And then, when they look out the window, for some reason, O's house is just next to the plane. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because it's because it's a TARDIS. Yeah. Well, I, I worked that out once I knew yeah. what I already knew. Yeah. Because uh, he says, you know, I've already told you, you should have been looking for the Spy Master. Mm. Spy Master? 
<laughs> now, I, I should mention, um, when they was doing the whole thing, you know why they call me O thing, uh, for half a second, I was like, oh my God, is Chris Chibnall doing Omega? Oh, really? Who is, who is, you've, You've heard mentions of Omega, haven't you? Yeah, isn't he like Rassilon's best friend? Uh, kind of, yeah. He's 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 a deep part of um, Time Lord um, history, and uh, he is an antagonist in a in a couple of classic stories. Um, very sort what, of lore heavy what classic. What was stories. your reaction seeing this on broadcast that there was a new master? So I had that that flash of, of excitement of like, oh my god, are they doing Omega? And then it's like, you know, Spy Master. And I was like, oh, oh no, they're not doing Omega. They're doing the Master again. Okay, okay, right. I'm gonna have to recalibrate my brain a little bit. And then the rest of the scene plays out, and Sasha the Lad is just mental. Yeah, <laughs> like. And I'm like, by the end of it, I was just like, I didn't want or need another master so soon off the back of Missy. But now that we've got it, I'm here for it. Like, you know, let's see. Let's see what we do with this. Let's go. And and that's kind of where I ended up with it. it so it wasn't like I was just over the moon about it. Uh-huh. Because, and I think for you, you got to bear in mind, it feels really soon for you because... Yeah, because it's been, what, a couple of months rather than a full year and a bit? Well, more than that. I think it's like, you know, if you go between the end of Series 10 to the start of Series 12, it's more like two, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, there's been some breathing room, but even so, I would have I would have preferred something different. I think initially, um, but like I say, I was very quickly won over by Sasha Dewan's performance. He's not just doing Missy again. But just just do something different. Every mm. series, with the exception of last series, but last series was rubbish. Every yeah. series is going to be the Daleks, then the Cybermen, then the Master. You know, wash, rinse, it, uh, repeat. And this is one of the things that I do like about Matt Smith's era is that he he never had uh, the master. Yeah. As, Just you know, have a break, do something different. Uh, we'll see how you feel by the end of this series, because I feel like okay, this is maybe a torture metaphor. You've you've had situations, right, where maybe you you've you early in the week you've had like uh, as an easy meal you've whacked a frozen pizza in the oven and had we're, we're on thin ice here, David. It, it, it's done. okay. <laughs> Stop talking about <laughs> meal of the week. I'm just saying, uh, as a metaphor, you've as an analogy. You've you've had a frozen pizza. It's sort of midweek, and then it get comes to Friday, and you're like, "Oh, I can't be bothered to cook. What should I do? You know what? I'm just going to order a takeaway pizza." And like, yeah, you you've already eaten pizza just a f- two or three days prior, but 
pizza's good. And if if it's a good pizza, then it's a good pizza. And that's kind of how I feel about the master. Like, there's a reason why there are so many incarnations of the master and why it's there's such an enduring part of doctor who you know because you it, it's that reason you know same as why moriarty is so fundamental to to sherlock holmes not every sherlock holmes story has to feature moriarty but you take moriarty out of of the sherlock holmes canon and it is lessened considerably because there is no sort of equal and opposite mm-hmm you know so when when we get a new incarnation of the master my whatever my initial reaction is very quickly it settles into a state of okay well let's just see what we do with this especially you know especially as because none of them are, are quite the same mm. Every, it's same as with the doctor everyone's got their own take on it and and that's exciting to me it's one of the things I love about this show, the central concept of Time Lords is like people who can be portrayed in different ways by different actors. That's kind of unique and fascinating. So, um, yeah, and, and I do think within that one scene, Sasha Dewan very quickly establishes himself as doing something quite different to what Michelle Gomez did with the character. Mm-hmm. You, you know his the way he just very quickly goes from like in sad uh, uh, sorry um can't speak um just sort of erratic overtired toddler one minute to just ball of righteous anger the next uh, yeah it, it, it's a fascinating performance. Isn't it? It's big, but it's it's very, very different to what Michelle Gomez was doing. So, just to wrap it up, he stole yeah. the identity of the real O, shrunk him down, put him in a matchbox or something. I don't yes. really care for that. Okay, well, he said, he does say, it's a, it's a cheeky line, he says, uh, tissue compression, it, it's a classic. That's because it's it's a classic Who thing. Right. It's uh it's a tool that the 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 master used quite a lot. I, I don't like the term in classic Who. Just call it old yeah. Who. Classic implies it's good. <laughs> Just call it old Who, right? Or the Dark Ages. Right. <laughs> so Barton isn't even flying this plane. God knows where he is at the minute. And there's yeah. a bomb. In the pilot seat. Yes. Uh, it explodes, and the master says to the doctor, "Just before you die, I want you to know everything you think you know is a lie." Yeah. Now that line, I was a little bit boo about, to be honest, because, oh god, how many times have we heard that in in different things? It's, yeah. It's it's like villain one hundred and one, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, pro for the puddings in the eating. Yeah, we'll see. I wonder what it is. We will. I wonder what it is that's like this lie. Everything you think you know. Imagine. If like, you had to guess at this stage? 
no, like, where's Gallifrey at the minute? Is that still lost? Is that still in, like, a pocket uh, dimension, or? I think so. I mean, well, the Doctor Capaldi obviously... went there, didn't he? He did go there, but did he go there when it was in the pocket dimension and then he just got out? Because he, he travelled via confession dial. Oh, no. Time Lord started the time war. Something like yeah. that. I bet, I bet, I don't know. Uh, you think it's time war related? Well, I don't know. We've kind of put that to bed recently, haven't we? Like, mm. um, I don't know. I hope it's big. Yeah. You know, I hope it's not something silly like... Uh, Uh, maybe I hope it's the master is actually a bit like the war doctor and it's an incarnation of the doctor. That would be interesting, I guess. Yeah, it would be. It would be big for sure. And and I do I do agree with you. You can't throw down a a tropey line like everything you know is a lie, and then for the reveal. That you know you're you're being you're, that's a promise, isn't it? Yeah. From from writer to audience, that is a promise that something. What, what if it's something coming. really general, like you know, grass? It's not actually green. People paint it when you're in bed asleep. I mean, I'd have a lot more questions off the back of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the bomb goes off, and the doctor wakes up in that forest place where Yaz was before. Yeah. The end. Pretty juicy cliffhanger. Yeah, but cliff- cliffhangers mean nothing in Doctor Who. <laughs> like, that that forest, it's probably, I don't know, just outside Sheffield. <laughs> Some sort of s- sculpture. Or, in the start of the next episode, the Doctor just sort of starts awake and she's just asleep in a chair in O's uh, yeah. house. Yeah. Everything, everything from from uh, from that point onwards. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just been... Eccleston, and he goes, "Oh, Rose, I've just had the most peculiar dream." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Imagine if RTD does that for the 60th oh, anniversary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he could. Yeah. He could. He, he, imagine you know, if, like, he was like, right. I need to put this right. I'm going to do peace talks with Eccleston. We need to... Job one is rebuild that bridge. Yeah. And he, he says, right, this is how we're going to play it. The last 12, 13 series of the show. It's just a dream. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Right. Well, who knows? I mean, obviously, I know, because I've... I've um seen uh all episodes of new who up until this point but you haven't matt and that's why this is fun for me to do so um speaking of fun ju- yes next week i'm gonna set you some homework for next week oh great i think you know what it's going to be go on i want you to come up with a new part for the show uh, do, do we we've just got rid of the old features yeah we well, look our show's only off? 90 minutes long this week. Where's the padding? Yeah. Uh... We won't have Christmas dinner to talk about next week. I guess we won't have Christmas dinner. I'll have a think about it. Yeah. But you know what? I, I'm going to try and make it Doctor Who related. Yeah. I warn you now, Matt. David, please don't make me read listener tweets. <laughs> please. 
BT Flippity Giggard is desperate. <laughs> Chomping at the bit, I've no doubt. Yeah. Like, I, I think um, you genuinely spoil Flippity Giggard's Christmas by not <laughs> drinking beans and killing off listener tweets. But this is it. This is. I was thinking about this today. I can't work out if this is the third or the fourth age of our podcast. The first, the first age know. was like the first four or five months before we went into lockdown when it wasn't very good. Yeah. The second age was when I completely lost my mind and the show just went absolutely mental for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I would say last year was pretty strong. We had a good year last year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So this is uh, neither the time nor the space 4.0. Uh-huh. All right, then, if you say so. Um, at the end of the day, Matt, whatever get, keeps you talking about Doctor Who with me uh, is fine by me. So, um, I mean, we won't have any listeners that, listening to that conversation because we've killed off all the bits they like. But <laughs> who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll have a look at the stats. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, if we sat down next week and it's like, um, what have you been watching this week? <laughs> like <laughs> everyone will know something's gone terribly wrong. Yes, indeed. Um, but anyway, in the meantime, um, thanks very much for listening, as always, everyone. And uh, do join us next week when we will be discussing uh, Spyfall Part 2. Is there just two parts? There is just two parts. Okay. Yeah. It's exciting, though. It's our first um, two-parter of the new series. Yeah. Of uh, the jo- of Jodie Whittaker's era. So, um, so far, so that's good. exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All righty, then. So, yeah, do join us for that. But until then, as always, thanks very much for listening and cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.